pain has reached epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News and World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope. And there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. It's hard to believe, but sick babies are suffering in pain today. For many years, it was commonly thought that the nervous system of newborn babies wasn't developed enough at birth to experience pain. So painful procedures like needle sticks, tonsillectomies, and even heart surgery were performed with no anesthesia. Any expression of pain was thought to be simply reflexive, and because babies' brains were immature, it was felt that pain couldn't be processed. Well, it wasn't until the mid-1980s that medical thinking changed, and medical science established that babies do feel pain, and probably even more than adults. Yet, we're making little progress in ensuring that hospitalized neonates and infants are getting the pain relief they need. And it's frightening to realize that under-treating or simply not treating pain in sick babies may lead to a life of persistent pain. Both of our guests provide a beacon of hope that we're making strides in controlling this problem. Pam McFadden, a Canadian from Toronto, shares an intimate portrait of having her twin boys exposed to over 100 painful procedures during almost five months in the neonatal intensive care unit. Dr. Bonnie Stevens, chair in pediatric nursing research at the Hospital for Sick Children in Toronto, then describes how best to reduce pain in this vulnerable population. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Mylan Pharmaceuticals, Purdue Pharma, Endo Pharmaceuticals, Horizon Pharma, Pentech Health, and Boston Scientific. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. If you have any questions or comments for Dr. Christo, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. Ten months ago, Pam McFadden gave birth to twin boys, Cole and Leo. Because they were born three months too early, they needed extensive care in the neonatal intensive care unit. Unfortunately, they were exposed to many painful procedures during that time. Pam's here to paint a picture of the pain her sons endured to gain a foothold on life and the steps taken to lessen their suffering. Pam, welcome to Aches and Gains. Hi. Tell us about your twin son's birth 10 months ago. Well, they were an emergency C-section at 25 weeks. I had uh, placenta previa, so they just needed to get out. So right. both Leo and Cole were rushed to Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto, and they stayed there for four and a half months with uh, numerous issues, um, from lung issues to um, sepsis and wow. problems with intravenous lines. So they've kind of had the whole gambit of ups and downs. 
Pam, let's talk about the painful procedures that the twins were exposed to during their hospitalization. And let's start with heel lances. I mean, how many of those occurred? Usually about one a day um, or one every couple days, um, depending on how ill they were. And how about immunizations? Uh, Yep, they had immunizations later on. They had the RSV for the flu. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think they were there for their, like, Three, four-month immunizations as well. They were still in the hospital. And they were on ventilators, weren't they? Yes, yeah. They had the CPAP. They had about four different stages of ventilators. How uncomfortable were the ventilators? Um, They were very uncomfortable. Um, They would try and pull their tubes out all the time. Um, And then, of course, they had to put them in again, which is not very comfortable. I wouldn't say it was severe pain, but definitely discomfort. And I'm assuming that there were many intravenous lines that were placed. Yes, they had tons of intravenous, and then their um, veins would often collapse. So they ended up having actually scarring on their arms, and they had to put them in their heads and shave their skulls. And yeah, so the intravenous lines were, were painful for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it sounds grueling. Pam, did they have to place a pick line? which is a special catheter that uh, delivers drugs and fluids very close to the heart. They had to have a guided pick line eventually mm-hmm. because their veins kept collapsing, and then that's when Leo ended up getting the clot in the pick line and then they got sepsis. So that was led to a really seriously kind of painful episode. <laughs> right, and, and sepsis is a serious infection, and I'm wondering, um, were you afraid that Leo might die? Yes, yeah, yeah, and we were given the option um, to stop any medical treatment for him or to have a do not resuscitate. So we were given that option, but we chose chose not to. Wow, what, what a gut-wrenching experience that must have been for you. Pam, how many of these painful procedures were performed in total on uh, on the twins? Oh my goodness, like including the pinpricks? Yeah. Oh, hundreds. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's more than anybody would really ever imagine. How did they express that they were suffering? Mm-hmm. Well, right at the beginning, they um, both had tubes in their throats or sometimes down their, their noses. Mm-hmm. Um, so we couldn't actually hear them cry uh, oh. because the tubes were on the vocal cords. Um, but they would actually open their mouth wide in this silent cry that was just heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Even if, if they were sleeping and, and quite relaxed, um, they would furrow their eyebrows and pull their little eyebrows together, um, kind of squint their faces up a little bit, and then it goes from kind of a little mouth, little O, into a bigger one, into the full scream. So we could really see all of those. Yeah. And at the time, like you don't, as a parent, you don't know how you get through it, but you do. Oh, it brings me to tears right now. Anybody listening, though, would be touched by that experience. When we come back from the break, we'll find out how the doctors and nurses responded to the boys. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, the global leader in medical technology, alleviating pain, restoring health, and extending life for millions of people around the world. Mylan Pharmaceuticals, one of the world's leading generic pharmaceutical companies. Discover why at Mylan, quality isn't just a claim, it's a cause we've made personal at seeinsidemylan.com. Purdue Pharma, making a positive impact on healthcare and on lives. Reminding everyone to safeguard medications in their home. And we're back, speaking about neonatal and infant pain. Pam, how did the doctors and nurses performing the procedures respond to the boys' behavior when they were in pain? You know what? At the kids' uh, hospital in Toronto, they're the best 
in the country. And so we just saw such good modeling of how to, how to work with our children. Yeah. So we actually learned things from the nurses there and the doctors there as well. And I, I have to say everyone there was absolutely amazing. Um, so they would take the time before they whisk them away for a procedure to like hold them up so I could give them a kiss on the forehead. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just told me like, oh, you can put your hand above their head. Like don't touch them because of the wires, but the heat from your hand um, they can find some some soothing from that. So they actually went above and beyond helping us through that. What did they do specifically, though? They did a lot with the nurses, and the nurses would actually hold them. They mm-hmm. would rock them. They would cuddle them. They would keep them warm. Um, if they're in, like, doctors would walk by, if they heard them crying, they would just stop and pick them up. At yeah. times, they had really light pressure, but sometimes firm was better. And so that was really interesting to see as well. Sometimes having a firm hand and holding them tight, almost like swaddling them. I would see doctors do that, bring their arms in and swaddle them until they calm down um, to kind of get through the pain. And I bet that was really helpful. What was the most disturbing or frightening uh, thing that you witnessed and and really found the most difficult to watch? Oh, the, the eye exam. Oh my goodness. It was almost like the clockwork orange where they opened up the the eyelids wide and had to put the freezing drops in. That was just absolutely horrific because they were screaming in pain and their eyes were out wide open and they had to have them, you know, alert enough to kind of see their reactions. It was just, it was horrific. (laughs) It was awful. Well, you know, it really does sound terrible. What was used to reduce their pain during the eye test? Um, Sucrose. Yep, sucrose was great. They loved their little sugar treats. They also did uh, something we called popsicles. So they would take a little Q-tip dipped in breast milk and give them a little taste on their lips. Uh-huh. Um, the other thing I don't know many people do is they have something called cozy clocks. Have you heard of that? No. So they would sew up these little flannel triangles and we would put it in the mother's shirt to kind of get our scent. And so they would actually hold that on the beside the child, beside their face to get the, the mother's scent. So if I couldn't be there, they could at least smell me, and then that would comfort them a little bit. Yeah, I can see how that would be soothing. Pam, tell us more about the oral sucrose or the sugar water. Yes, yeah. So it'd be like a little, tiny little squirt bottle. Um, and the nurses did that, and they even let me do that a couple times, give them a little sugar. Uh-huh. Um, and that just... Yeah, that one definitely worked. You could see right away. It, it was. I'm not sure if it was a distraction, or, or but but it definitely took away from the pain and and it limited their crying. If they would kind of start crying as soon as they had the sugar, they it would almost stop it immediately. Exactly. You know, I think many would be pretty surprised to realize that sweet taste like sucrose or glucose causes our body to release its own natural painkillers and is quite useful for things like uh, heel lances that we talked about before and the placement of IV lines. You know, it was was way more effective than I thought. Sugar, who knew? (laughs) (laughs) And and Pam, were more powerful painkillers used to help treat the uh, the twins? Things like, uh, for example, opioids or morphine. Oh my goodness. <laughs> They've had almost everything. Yeah. As severe as morphine and a lot of drugs that I can't pronounce, um, especially when they had the surgery dripping through IVs right. um, intravenously um, when they were on, let's say, the morphine or things like that. So it just allowed them to sleep through the pain. Right. You know, something called kangaroo care has been studied in preterm infants and found to reduce pain during minor painful procedures. I mean, things like the heel lances, the intramuscular injections, or the uh, feeding tube placements. 
Did you use this? It was just miraculous. Kangaroo care is where you have skin-to-skin contact. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, take strip down to my little shirt and put a gown over, or my little bra and put my gown over, and then the baby would be naked, just his little diaper, and we would just cuddle him on my chest. Um, they would settle. They would sleep longer. They would just, you know, get your scent, your warmth. Yeah. You could smell the milk. Um, and it, and the nurses said that they because we did it so often because we were there all the time. Um, they truly believed it made a world of difference in their recovery. Yeah, I think skin to skin contact is really underutilized. Pam, how are the twins doing today? You know what? They are fantastic. They are roly poly. They're over twenty pounds. Um, we still have um, occupational therapist that comes in to work on some of their. Um, gross motor skills, but they have been so good that they can't refer them anymore. So we're on our own. (laughs) That is wonderful to hear. And before we close, how can parents become advocates for their babies so that they don't suffer in needless pain? Oh, they they have to be an advocate. Um, You have to ask, you have to push, you have to demand. Um, So things as simple as, you know, before they're going into surgery, um, you know, ask if you can go in with them, if you can stomach it, if you're strong enough, ask if you can be the last person the baby sees before they go under anesthesia, Mm -hmm. you know, ask if you can have your warmth there, ask if you can have a cozy cloth with them. Um, And often it's just asking and, and, and they're totally fine with it. But parents need to speak up for their children because it's just horrific. These, these little babies, they do feel pain. They do. They do. And I'm glad we both feel the same way. And I also hope that this show awakens everybody to the importance of controlling pain in sick babies. Pam, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Aches and Gains. Thank you so much for having us. Up next is Dr. Bonnie Stevens, Chair in Pediatric Nursing Research at the Hospital for Sick Children in Toronto. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and this is Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Endo Pharmaceuticals, a U.S.-based specialty healthcare solutions company that delivers innovative diagnostics, drugs, devices, and clinical data to meet the needs of patients in areas such as pain, urology, oncology, and endocrinology. Horizon Pharma, a biopharmaceutical company that develops and commercializes innovative medicines to target unmet therapeutic needs in arthritis, pain, and inflammatory diseases. Pentech Health, one of the nation's largest pharmacy and nursing companies dedicated solely to providing in-home care for patients with implanted pumps used for the treatment of severe pain or spasticity. Dr. Bonnie Stevens is a professor in the faculties of nursing, medicine, and dentistry at the University of Toronto. She's also the Signe Hilder Eaton Chair in Pediatric Nursing Research at the Hospital for Sick Children. Dr. Stevens is a leader in assessing and designing optimal approaches for pain relief in infants and children. Bonnie and I met as Mayday Pain and Society Fellows in 2008, and I'm delighted to welcome her to Aches and Gains. Thank you. For many years, the medical community felt that newborns and infants didn't feel pain, and it wasn't until the 1980s that that thinking changed. Why? It was thought by many that because the nervous system of uh, newborn babies was not fully developed at birth, that it was unlikely that they would have the capacity to experience pain. Mm -hmm. And so it was right into the 1980s that that belief persisted and often babies underwent painful procedures, including surgery, uh, without the benefit 
of uh, analgesia. It, it really is hard to believe that. And, and even today, despite the research, popular belief seems to be that neonates simply don't feel as much pain as adults. I think that, again, is one of the common uh, misbeliefs. Uh, because pain is a subjective phenomenon, and by that, that means that you, the individual, are really the expert on how much pain you feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, for babies that can't tell us that, we need to look at different kinds of indicators, such as their behaviors, their facial expression, the quality of their cries, how much thrashing around they do with their arms and legs. Right. Babies, even very newborn babies, and some that are preterm as well as born at term, do have the capacity to experience pain and show us in these other ways that that's the case. Right. So babies feel as much pain as adults. With babies that aren't capable of that and also don't have the inhibitory pathways developed to the same degree as adults, Mm -hmm. it's possible that babies even feel greater pain intensity than adults given the same stimulus. You know, Bonnie, in the past, many sick babies died. But with the advent of the neonatal intensive care unit, premature and and sick infants survive. Unfortunately, this has led to a greater number of painful procedures and, and surgeries, for example. Would you describe what some of these common medical procedures are that cause pain in infants? In North America, for example, we do a lot of heel lances, a lot of uh, blood taking uh, to diagnose uh, what is going on with babies. And so that is a very common painful procedure. Additionally, things like uh, starting intravenous lines, suctioning, those are all very common painful procedures that happen to babies that are in hospital. Right. You know, and what's so distressing is that despite what, at least 14 years of research, that sick babies are exposed to large numbers of painful procedures with minimal or no effort to reduce their pain and, and plenty of evidence to support uh, effective methods to reduce their pain that it's still happening. So you're absolutely right. This is a problem that boggles the mind. Mm-hmm. Physicians and nurses only only get somewhere between 15 and 20 hours over the course of their training, whereas veterinarians, for example, get four times that much. So I think there's a lack of knowledge because there hasn't been the emphasis on training. It's beginning to change. It's just that it's taking a lot longer than you or I would like it to take. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Bonnie, what are some of the long-term consequences of untreated pain during infancy? Babies who have a lot of painful procedures actually have a decreased uh, gray and white matter in their brain. Wow. There definitely are cognitive responses. Now, this is very uh, early days for this kind of research, and I think it will spawn a whole new generation of research that will look at the effects on the brain Mm -hmm. of pain, not just at the time pain's experienced, but down the road. That's great. And Dr. Stevens, what's the risk that uncontrolled pain in a baby will lead to a lifetime of chronic pain as an adult? Even though they're babies and they haven't got a lot of life experience and they may not have lived three or six months, which is usually the temporal kind of characteristic for chronic pain, babies that have lived with pain their whole existence 
um, you could probably make an argument that they had long-term persistent pain. Uh, Bonnie, could you give us a list of the best strategies that we can implement to control pain in neonates and infants? The use of sucrose has been highly uh, studied and has been highly effective for single painful procedures. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some topical medications work well, Emla, uh, Maxaline. And for more moderate to severe pain, uh, certainly the opioids such as fentanyl and morphine have been effective. Right. In terms of um, uh, psychologic strategies, the most important things uh, for babies are things like uh, distraction. So even young babies can be uh, distracted by visual distraction, the mother's voice, etc. And then we have uh, physical strategies such as the skin-to-skin strategy, uh, more commonly known as kangaroo care. Uh, positioning the baby, uh, bundling them, doing something we call facilitated tucking, which is really tucking them into the fetal position, uh, breastfeeding during painful procedures, all of these things that not only uh, help minimize or prevent pain in the baby, but often can uh, afford a role for parents Mm -hmm. to actually help in the management or or minimization of their baby's pain. That's a useful list. Uh, Bonnie, let's look more closely into sucrose or oral sucrose. Many would be surprised to learn that a sweet solution can act as a pain reliever. It's a very, very sweet solution, and we feel that it uh, simulates the endogenous opioid uh, response. If given about two minutes prior to a painful procedure, um, we see that it works really well. Uh, There's been a multitude of studies done, almost 60 studies on this, and a systematic review that consistently shows that it's effective in relieving single painful procedures pain. And that's a lot of scientific evidence demonstrating that it's effective. And by the way, the drops are placed on the surface of the baby's tongue. Bonnie, uh, this is effective up to what age? I mean, is it, is it 12 months or yeah. beyond? Usually uh, within the first six months of life, mm-hmm. uh, it's quite effective. And it's effective for up to about five minutes or so beyond the painful procedure. Uh, in older infancy, it's still effective, but it often is not as effective for as long, so usually just a minute or so. Okay. And for children older than about 18 to 24 months, it hasn't been shown to be effective. And Dr. Stevens, let's look more closely now at kangaroo care, also known as skin-to-skin contact, that was used initially to promote warmth between babies and mothers, and today is an effective pain reliever. Usually we try to get them into that position at least 20 or 30 minutes prior to a painful procedure, then often you see combining that uh, with giving the baby a soother uh, or sometimes kangaroo care plus sucrose plus a soother, uh, it seems to be very effective in decreasing pain. Actually, though, how do we know that what we're doing makes a difference? I mean, how do we recognize and rate the amount of pain an infant is experiencing? The premature infant pain profile, which has been recently revised, has had significant 
psychometric testing. So we think it is a valid and reliable uh, measure. There's also been uh, more multidimensional behavioral measures, such as the neonatal facial coding system. So there are several uh, measures that are out there that have been well validated. And I want to mention that Dr. Stevens and her group developed the premature infant pain profile. Breastfeeding has shown to significantly reduce pain during painful procedures. It incorporates skin-to-skin contact, warmth, and holding the baby in a protective position. You're combining all of those things together. It's very effective for painful procedures. Mm -hmm. And Bonnie, what hope is there for babies in pain? There's a lot of new research that's coming out looking at the effect of pain in infancy on the brain and longer term. So I think there's a lot of hope. Dr. Stevens, thank you. Okay, thank you very much for inviting me. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Mylan Pharmaceuticals, Purdue Pharma, Endo Pharmaceuticals, Horizon Pharma, Pentech Health, and Boston Scientific. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. Follow us on Twitter at DRPaulCristo and like us on Facebook, Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is produced by Tom Blair and Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.